Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, December 15th. It is six minutes after 11. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob is off today and filling in. We have Tony Kinnett. Are you ready to talk Twitter? Oh, I am. And actually, something here just broke that is uh, pretty amazing. So Representative Katie Porter, a Democrat from California, uh, was on the air uh, saying that pedophilia is not a crime. It's an identity. What? Yep, that's true. You heard that again. A representative, Katie Porter from California, a Democrat, says pedophilia isn't a crime. It's an identity reported by a good friend of mine, Libs of TikTok, just Mm. about 15 minutes ago. So, again, it's not happening and it's good that it is. Here we are. The next step on the slippery slope, as everyone has been predicting for some time, Mm -hmm. sexualizing kids. Oh, now, oh, pedophilia. Oh, it's not a crime. It's just an identity. Oh, it's just get the wood chipper. Yeah, that's gross. Get the wood chipper. That's horrible. It's gross. It makes me sick to my stomach. It does. And and it, this is what happens when you start telling people that their desires and their, their little fantasies and whatever are more worthwhile than specific biological fact. Mm-hmm. Don't diddle kids. That's it. That's the standard. It's not an identity. It's not something that you just have to work through. No, don't do it. That's it. That's that's the standard. Don't touch kids. So when I worked in South Bend, I, I worked at a radio station for many years, uh, over a decade. And uh, every year we did a... A, a charity function and it was called Roof Sit and the sole purpose of that was to raise money for the prevention of child abuse and I can't tell you how many gross and just heart-wrenching disturbing stories I have heard over the years about child abuse and how people would use toys against children in a sexual way and just the trauma that that caused those people for years it's it's disgusting i oh, uh, my first year uh, that i was that i was teaching at uh, in, in indianapolis at, at lawrence north i was i was uh, i encountered a situation of, of sexual abuse of, of one of my students and uh, i i'll never forget just the the horror that washed over me and in coming in contact with mm-hmm. it and and uh, i i threw up I did. It was, yeah. it was it was a horrible experience to 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 see and to be exposed to, and I just, I, you know, just talking about it. You know, it's like I can tell our blood is starting mm-hmm. to boil, and for someone to have the gall, a representative from the state of California, because mm-hmm. of course it's California, to come up and say, "Well, pedophilia, well, oh, go on, guys, you guys are being too mean to the people who touch kids. It's, it's just an identity. It's just how they express themselves. No, no, it's not. No, it's a get problem. away from children. It's a problem." It, it, it absolutely is. So, yeah, sorry to start the segment off on such a low note, but since we were talking Twitter, I thought I might bring that up. <laughs> a Twitter update. Not exactly the Twitter update I was thinking about. I was thinking about how Twitter suspended that account that was tracking Elon Musk's jet. And uh, so here's the deal. This guy, his name is Jack Sweeney. Is that his name? And he was a student at the University of Central Florida. He operated at Elon Jet, and his account has been suspended because they were following Elon everywhere. And a lot of people have been saying, well, that's not free speech. Elon, you're saying you're for free speech. And then Elon Musk did come out and he sweet, he tweeted that doxing in real time is a safety hazard. Yeah, it is. For the individual. And in fairness to Musk, he's banning any account that does real time location tracking 
not just yeah. It's a form of doxing. It is. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't care what. Oh, it's free speech. It's free speech. No, no, no. Twitter does not have a set of policies that allows for exposing personal information where you are this second Mm -hmm. is considered under state and federal law to be personal information. It is exposing where someone is, especially if they're a public figure, is a safety risk. It is. I don't tweet out where I am in downtown Indianapolis when I'm in downtown Indianapolis or when I'm going to be there because there are a lot of people in Indianapolis who really do not like me and have threatened violence on me before and so I don't really don't want them to know I don't want are. to be in a position where I have to use the concealed carry mm-hmm. I don't want to be in that spot so yes it presents a security concern people that are making a big deal about this this is just trolling I mean they everyone understands yeah tweeting out exactly where someone is going to be to the minute is probably a security risk Duh. okay so Elon Musk also suggested that his reasons for wanting to prosecute Dr. Fauci would be found in a future installment of the Twitter files. Of course, we've seen one, two, three, and four come out. We're still waiting on five. And he has alluded that, especially with his tweet, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. Which and was so, the best tweet. I loved it. And some other things. I mean, he, he's saying, yeah, he was asked point blank, are these going to be about Fauci or COVID and he replied yes and he's still working with these journalists to release all this stuff and it's kind of a slow roll what's what's taken so long Tony why why hasn't he released it is it because they're going through their lawyers to make sure what they can and can't release at this point I mean is Elon Elon Musk has got to be one of the most reviled men right now. So Some people absolutely love what he's doing, and some people, of course, on the left, want to stop him. I have never made a retraction on any story that I've published. I've never had to make a correction on any story that I have published. Uh, every single story that I've released in education journalism mm-hmm. has been thoroughly checked over and over. When I ran Chalkboard Review, I insisted every single story would be checked and rechecked, mm-hmm. because the second that you publish something mm-hmm. that someone can say is dishonest or is not factual or the data is incorrect, you're done. You're just done forever because they will always pull that back out. I have one tweet that I've ever deleted that was where I made a meme about the Indy Star. Mm -hmm. And I deleted the tweet after further information came out and it found out that what I was suggesting now that new data had come out wasn't the case. I deleted that tweet. Still to this day, people who don't like me will flash up a screenshot of, of that tweet. They don't like it. Elon Musk, I don't blame him for waiting and re- revealing this out slowly. Make sure every mm-hmm. single piece of evidence is factual. Make sure that there is no wiggle room for anyone because what he is doing is saying, I inherited an organization that was very, very corrupt. Mm-hmm. They were corrupt in the way that they acted towards businesses, towards individuals, towards the countries around the world at large. It was inconsistent. It was incredibly political and it was harmful as we're finding out now based on how they um, how they silenced certain medical professionals, um, doctors of virology, of immunology, that were coming out saying that the United States approach to the COVID lockdowns was dangerous and harmful. Well, they ended up deleting some of those individuals' accounts. Well, now that's liability towards possibly being an accessory to crimes against public health. Mm-hmm. So I understand why they're taking their time here. It needs to be done very precisely. So Dr. Fauci has responded. He says that he doesn't pay attention to it when he was asked about it. He said it's all the Twitter sphere and it's really gone berserk lately. It's kind of become a cesspool of misinformation. And then he went on to say this is when he was on MSNBC and he was talking to Andrea Mitchell. Uh, He said that he there's nothing that he could have done to be less divisive. When you look back now, is there something you think you could have done differently to avoid this polarization? 
Well, I don't think I could have done anything to avoid politicization and the profound degree of divisiveness in society. Okay, so Republicans have pressed him on whether the National Institute of Health ever funded gain-of-function research, and he says that their claims are entirely and completely incorrect. But honestly, at this point, who needs congressional Republicans when we have Ron DeSantis, who's doing it at a state level? Yeah, and I love that, and I really appreciate just the the comedy around Fauci avoiding answering any questions. So Mm -hmm. someone will say, this very specific thing that you did, we now have evidence that this is wrong. Do you regret that you did this because it was wrong? Now, the common thing to say is, well, yeah, we have more data now. I I can admit that I wish we had this data earlier so we could have done something different. Mm -hmm. Any adult with any sense of integrity would be willing to say that, even if it's not true, because he did have the data at the time and he chose not to act on it. But let's just that's the good political answer. He doesn't do that. He says, well, actually, I'm just really glad that we all um, I I did a good job. So good for me. (laughs) And everyone's like that didn't answer the question. All right. Next question. And then if he doesn't do that, you know, KJP will run up there and go, you can't ask him that question. You can't ask him that. And she'll like flap her arms around like a diseased chicken. And then give him glowing reviews on top of it. Oh, it's so it's uh, there's a there's a term millennials use called simping. And I'm seeing if Kevin's face lights up here. And it's the, the, the amount of people simping after Fauci, just like desperately trying to gain his approval for some reason, praising him nonstop. Mm-hmm. Is, it's 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 beyond absurd at this point. It's just sad. Well, the lockdowns contributed to 25 percent increase in alcohol related deaths in 2020. Also, record drug abuse fatalities. The National Bureau of Economic Research estimated that Americans suffered 171,000 excess non-COVID deaths during 2020 and 2021. So how did stomping on the Constitution and closing things down magically flatten the curve and keep us all safe? Well, there were a lot of individuals who, especially in the education sphere, which is where a lot of my uh, a lot of my work it predominantly falls, who said that, well, if we need to lock up kids. They're not going to be any long-term effects. In fact, uh, outgoing school board member uh, Michelle Fullhart from Hamilton Southeastern Schools uh, went on Twitter and started telling everyone, there are no long-term effects kids suffered COVID lockdowns. Everyone's fine. And now, of course, we're finding out that one in five kids in around five the country is contemplated suicide. suicide. Um, yeah. I would call that a long-term effect. The, the second that you have suicidal thoughts, that's supposed to go on your medical record forever because that's considered a permanent psychological change. That's considered psychological trauma. And so to, to see this kind of damage done to our children, to our society, to our economy, to how mm-hmm. our public health is, the reason, by the way, that everyone is now getting this triple-demic right now is because everyone was locked up in their immune systems weren't allowed to function for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And so now everyone's immune systems are off kilter. What are you, what are you talking about? You mean the, the flu? The reason that is, everyone... Is, is, so that, the reason is that, that back? Well, the reason that RSV and <laughs> the flu and COVID are surging right now at yeah. this point in the dry season where, you know, you're inside hot, humid air as opposed to the outside, a lot of mucosal layer fluidity get a lot of things. The biologist in you is coming out. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. At the end of the day, though, you need to continually be working out your immune system like any other system in your body. It needs upkeep. It needs to be utilized. You have 37 different cells that function in your immune system. Those need to work and co-function, communicate with each other. Well, when we were all locked up for two years, those were kind of put on standby, and it's we now have to get used to them again. So the traditional seasons for certain diseases like RSV mm-hmm. now no longer apply. Mm-hmm. They're just freely running around everyone who has this like immunocompromised set of reactions to normal diseases. And this is something that Fauci 
is complicit in. He knew that this was going to be a serious problem for the American society. And not only did he do nothing, he did he actually worked to make it worse. He yeah. perpetuated it exactly. Yeah. yeah. It is 17 minutes after 11. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey show with Tony Kennett on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. Pretty woman, won't you pardon me? 20 minutes after 11, it is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Tony Kennett is in. So you've had a couple of people commenting that you sound like Ryan Reynolds, huh? Uh, yes, uh, that's a thing I've heard before. It's, uh, I don't know. It, I guess that I do a lot of I do a lot of voice acting, but you have a resting voice profile. Let's hear it. And so uh, here at Clear Talk Mobile, we get questions all the time as to how we can bring you a better phone for less. You do sound like Ryan Reynolds. It is something I try to work on, but see, that's the fun part about social media. It just keeps coming back to you. Wow, dude. I don't know. I just uh, it's it's not as good as my uh, Stuart Griffin, uh, Brian. You know, the, I don't know. I just I like I like doing uh, I like doing those kind I didn't of. I know you did it's impressions. Funny. Oh yeah. How many do you have? Uh, I mean, I don't. I just, several. I, I don't. I guess I don't kind of keep something ready to go. Uh, do you remember when uh, Stewie did uh, the Queen lyrics? Steve walks warily down the street with his brim pulled way down low. Very. I guess I, my favorite Stewie bit is when he he starts singing uh, the song from uh, the, the pinafore and he's like I'm a monarch of the sea it's just really funny good job wow surprise surprise didn't know that was coming okay so there's this article in the Indiana Capital Chronicles about uh, car crashes in Indiana resulting in a loss of 900 lives and to the tune of 8 billion dollars and of course here come the new laws uh, the Advocates for highway and auto safety are recommending that uh, Indiana introduce some new laws. And the big one on top that I that caught my eye is that all motorcycle riders, regardless of age, should wear helmets. Of course, I ride a motorcycle. I do wear a helmet, so this law really wouldn't affect me very much. But I do know that a lot of I know a lot of riders who don't wear a helmet. It's probably not completely smart of them um when they say when you get in a motorcycle accident the first part of your body that gets hit typically is your chin the bottom of your chin Mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of the problems come the crunch space crunch space on a motorcycle obviously a lot smaller than a car yeah i mean talking inches i I gotta tell you i think this is a this is an operator problem and not something that needs to be solved with a law Mm -hmm. uh maybe if you know i I, again i tend to think that this is again as awful as this sounds more of a survival of the fittest situation kind Mm -hmm. of solution here uh if you want to take the risk of riding around without a helmet Mm -hmm. that's only going to affect you Mm -hmm. that's it that's it's only going to affect you i don't see it affecting anyone else at all uh i suggest you wear a helmet when you ride a motorcycle i enjoy Enjoy uh, having ridden a few motorcycles myself. I'm definitely not an avid fan, although I wish I had a motorcycle. But convincing the wife is an entirely different <laughs> ball game. Uh, that all said, 
I would probably wear a helmet if I had a motorcycle. Uh, but if I was just going to the grocery store in town and I didn't want to wear a helmet, that's my that's my choice. Mm-hmm. It should be my individual right to choose whether I put a helmet on or I put a jacket on or I tie my shoes when I leave my home. Another law that they're suggesting that Indiana adopt is that children sit in the back seat until age 12. They're also recommending that beginning drivers complete at least 70 hours of drive time with a licensed driver. Right now, the law states that you have to do it for 50 hours. And I know that you have... Yeah, that's the squeaky wheel needing the grease. Okay, well, I I have a different take on that because I I had a a child go through this, and Mm -hmm. you will eventually. There's a lot of parents out there who aren't exactly honest with the driving time. Yep. Again, I'm just not. I'm not seeing this be the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. I just, I'm not. I, I, I don't know if, if, if really what's, what's making the really bad driver is that oh, if they only would have had 24, if they only had 20 more hours with mom riding mm-hmm. around, who's already driving over curbs and backing mm-hmm. into people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's really doing very much. Again, it's just it, personal investment is always going to be better than a law. Laws do not change behavior by and large. They don't. Culture drives the law, not the other way around. And Republicans have never learned this ever. They, they're just like, oh, we'll just we'll just we'll throw a law in there, and that'll t- suddenly right. that'll work. That'll make everything safer. No, I'm curious if these new laws are going to make my insurance go down. Like yeah, you and I know both know they won't. Well, of course not. But I mean, <laughs> again, because the insurance companies know that behavior drives the law. Laws don't drive behavior. Just because you know Holcomb signs in a law doesn't mean that all of a sudden all of the clients of that insurance company are suddenly going to start riding around with helmets. <laughs> no. Okay, there's uh, a big winter storm that's heading our way. We're a week before the Christmas festivities begin and a uh, winter storm of brewing. Uh, here's a tip. Go home. Make sure your outside hoses are unhooked. I made that mistake one year. Ooh. Flooded the basement. Yeah. <laughs> so don't do not do that. But uh, potentially there could be just a nice storm that's just going to sit right over the Midwest uh, starting next Thursday and going through Monday. So, of course, the Christmas holiday weekend. There's a big storm coming in. Will it change your plans? Uh, no, we are staying home and I absolutely will be turning on my favorite Christmas movie, which is Bing Crosby's uh, Bing Crosby's White Christmas, mm-hmm. and uh, I hope that it is snowy. Our house is all winterized and good to go, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Bring it on. There's a chance of one in four that we will have a white Christmas here in Central Indiana. Only 25 percent chance. Well, that's lame. It should be a white Christmas because that's the right thing to do. And will your- Indiana should pass a law that it will be a white Christmas? Then it'll be a white Christmas. <laughs> right. Uh, so, will your Christmas holiday change a lot now that you have a new baby? I mean, will you start any new traditions or change old ones? The the Christmas tree is higher off the ground, so she can't reach the ornaments. (laughs) Is she walking? Um, Yeah, she is. Yeah. Okay. Um, And running. And curious, probably. A shiny object. Very, very much. Um, In fact, she loves running around behind uh, the couch towards the tree Mm -hmm. um, and like the the table that I, I mounted the tree on. And uh, she has, she knows that she's not allowed to go pull the plug of the tree out of the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but she like kind of looks at us and kind of gets this stinky, sneaky grin on her face going back to grab something. So, yeah, that learning how to, to handle that is, is a very fun part of parenting. And putting big plastic toys together. That's going to be your job over the next oh, couple if of I, years. We can just avoid the shiny, <laughs> heavy plastic things with lights and batteries and sounds. That, that's all I'm praying for. That's for you, not for her, right? Uh, well, I mean, she's young enough. If she doesn't know, you know, my wife and I are very Don't like, introduce them. wood toy fans mm-hmm. and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like the old Thomas the Tank Engine. 
engine train. She yeah. loves that stuff. Yeah, well, good. 27 minutes after 11, the Kendall and Casey show is on 93 WIBC. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Listen to you, you're harmonizing. Fantastic. Just like the one. He sings, he dances, he commentates, he does it all. That is Tony Kinnett. I do not Kinnett. play basketball. It, it, will, it will get ugly very quickly. <laughs> it's Tony Kinnett filling in for Rob Kendall today. You are listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Okay, so I, it was either earlier this week or the end of last week. We were talking about this Pennsylvania school board member who said she wouldn't vote for a cis white male. Do you remember that? Kevin, do we have the audio of that? Let's remind everybody of what she said 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 that i believe that mr delia would make an excellent president but however i feel that electing <laughs> the only cis white male mm-hmm. on this board president of this district sends the wrong message mm. to our community yeah a message that is contrary to what we as a board have mm. been trying to accomplish I think that it's important that we practice what we preach. Okay. All right. I've had enough of her. And here's the update on this woman. And I feel like, have you ever seen the movie, That Thing You Do? Yes. And one of the characters looks into the Tom Hanks eyes and he says, I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. quit. And that's what she did. She quit. She well, quit. it's good because um, the number of Civil Rights Act chapters that she violated uh, were immense. I mean, again, she's just caught on camera mm-hmm. saying or caught on audio saying the exact same kind of stuff that a lot of school boards around the country already say when you're not listening. Yeah. And I know this because I've seen this here in Indiana. I've, I've seen this with a, a certain superintendent who's running around telling people that if she is fired or let go, then she's going to sue the school board for racism because she's a black woman. And, and this constant obsession with race and and telling everyone that you're actually fighting for equity and equality when really what you're fighting for is segregation. Whenever you make something about a decision about anything based on color, Mm -hmm. whenever you are making a decision based on genitals or the expression of gender or anything of that nature, you are making a decision to segregate individuals based on immutable characteristics. Well, this woman's going to step down in January and she went on to say that she wants to apologize for her poorly chosen words. Oh, they're poorly chosen. And doesn't words. want to be a distraction from the great oh. things happening in the school on a daily basis. Oh, see, it's all, when whenever I say something and people like it, it's exactly what I meant to say. But when I say something and I get blowback because mm-hmm. what I said was an incredibly oh, I awful. Didn't mean to no, say I didn't that. mean to say it like that. Uh-huh. I mean, he's just yeah. I said that he's a straight white guy, and yeah, I said that was a problem. But what I really meant is, is it? Uh, is it the best for... Oh, that sounds bad, too. Well, what I really meant... What, and then they just go around and around and they circle back like Jen Psaki into eternity because it turns out that you're a discriminatory, awful human being <laughs> and you deserve to be out of public life because you're not 
pushing for what the civil rights movement pushed for. You're not trying to judge kids and individuals by the content of their character as opposed to the color of their skin. You're the exact thing we fought to destroy in this country, and you're in charge of children. Yeah, you're right to quit because we'd fire you if you didn't. Get out. (laughs) And they're happy to let her go, I'm sure. Although probably several of her colleagues believe the exact same thing. They just weren't caught hot on the mic. Right. Exactly. And they're going to hug and cry and they're going to brush each other's hair later and it'll all be good. Whatever. She's gone. They don't have to worry about her anymore. Wow. I can't believe you just said brushing their hair as a white woman. You have hair that's straight enough to do that. I sat in on a conversation in Indianapolis where people were complaining about uh, talking about hair uh, because I don't know if you knew this, but but like uh, sometimes people's hair is different. Mm -hmm. And if you comment on someone's hair being different, that's racist because you see black people have race, racial hair types. It's different. So if you comment on someone's hair, that's actually a very racist thing to do. So I'm glad I could help you on air, edify yourself and be a better, less racist person. You're welcome. Okay. Let's talk about this article that you wrote in the Daily Signal. It's on dailysignal.com. It's about a mother of a middle school student who was shocked when her, she was charged for, with $7,000 in public records fees to disclose how many bullying reports the district had received. What's going on here? This mom complained or she was concerned that her child was being bullied Yeah, let me, and then wanted reports on it and then the school system charged her $7,000? Am I this, getting this let me, right? Let me break this down for you. So break there, it down for me, there's Tony this, There's this mom in Joshua, Texas. Okay. And her son for two years has been viciously bullied. Now, when I say bullied, I don't just mean like kids said, you know, vague, mean comments about them. I mean, because, and kids have admitted this, because of his Korean heritage, they have choked him. They have ruptured ear his the child's eardrum. Mm-hmm. Um, they have repeatedly violently assaulted this child for two years. The mother, understandably, had complained to the district and said, please help my child. The student said, hey, please help me. I am being violently attacked. Mm -hmm. And the district did basically nothing. And so the mom says, well, okay, I want to see the videos of my son being assaulted. So I can go on the record. I know exactly what happened. They wouldn't let him. They said, well, if we show you the video of your son, you know, being choked almost to death, that would violate the assaulting student's privacy. Uh, we, we can't have that. It would violate their First Amendment rights. Uh, I guess, which makes no hmm. sense. And so anyway, the mom says, all right, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to request just the total number of bullying reports because I smell something in the water here. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that if there are this many bullying reports for my son or just reports in general, how many other parents are you screwing over, you know, and, and not taking care of this at the district? So she files a report and asks the district just for the total number of bullying reports since 2015. That's it. And then the numbers, just the number of four other documents. She didn't ask to see them. Mm-hmm. She didn't ask for the titles of these documents. She, I want to know the total number of grievances and bullying reports mm-hmm. since 2015. And so she goes to a school board meeting and talks to them about it. And then they mock her and uh, on hot mic that they didn't know the microphone was on later. Uh, you can hear one of the school board members saying, uh, like, she'd basically like to shove something up the mother's butt. And it's, yeah, you know, classy. And then the district turns around and their attorneys charge the mother $7,000 in public information requests, wow. fees, to ask for five numbers, saying it would, they'd have to do all of this printing and rescanning and sharpieing and redacting, which is, of course, complete BS. And that's, you know, you literally just tally the number of documents you have. That's it. Count on your fingers and toes if you have to. Mm-hmm. So, of course, uh, we reported on it and broke it because this is ridiculous. Where did it end up? 
Is she, paying, Texas... is she paying the $7,000 still? No, the Texas, because it looks I believe like... the Texas Attorney General's office is, is going to pick up part of the fee. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, not pick a part of the fee. Determine that the fee is ridiculous and say like, and no, what is it, it going to cost this? Well, we don't know yet. That's where it's currently sitting. Ongoing. Got it. Okay. If you would like to read this article that Tony wrote, it's on dailysignal.com. It is 20 minutes in front of 12. And let's uh, end this uh, before we get into a break, something on a lighter side. And this article is up at wibc.com. And it is this, it, it sounds like it could potentially not be a very exciting topic, holiday plants. However, a lot of people are commenting on this, which surprised even me. You would think that the... Top. Wait a minute, holiday plants. What are you holiday talking about plants. here? You mean like the poinsettia? Like everyone knows the the red leaf flower. Okay, you would think that that would be the most popular holiday plant. The poinsettia is not the in most the state popular of Indiana. Flower. Not in the state of Indiana. Do you know the story of the poinsettia? Poinsettia. No, I, I don't. I mean, I, I believe I heard it probably once. I went to a Christian college where we told stories about everything yeah. under the sun. But I mean, I, I don't know the story behind this one. Okay, well, it begins with missionaries in Mexico. Of course it does. Uh, they used it in the 17th century as part of their nativity proces- processions. And uh, poinsettias became famous with this story about a girl who didn't have any money to honor baby Jesus. And an angel told her that any gift from the heart was a good gift. So she gathered some weeds from the roadside and... And when she placed them around the manger, manger, they transformed into poinsettias. And now that's why people have poinsettias around at Christmas oh, time. Light. Because of this story. A little light heresy, but the story's sweet. I hear you. Yeah. I, I, uh, but gotcha. it's not the favorite holiday plant here in the state of Indiana. I, I, I hesitate to ask what the most popular Indiana plant is for Christmas. English ivy. English ivy. Oh. Just something green. Ah, that's pretty. I mean, ivy's pretty. I don't know. I mean, like, can we like we can't afford garland and tinsel here. So we're like, get some of that ivy out of the field, Jim. Yep. Uh, that'll do. Well, I, you know, if you plant that ivy out in the field, what? be careful what? because it could damage your trees and your brickwork and everything else because what? it becomes quite invasive. One of the comments on this live stream said, like, we hadn't answered the question. Like, most part, plant, they're like weed. <laughs> that's what you think. Not with Holcomb in charge. Oh, that's for boy. sure. It's the Kendall and Casey show on ninety-three WIBC, and that is. Totally Tony Kennett filling in for Rob Kendall today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. your announcement. I have never been more excited to come back on the air than I am at this very moment. It is 13 minutes in front of 12. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. That is Tony Kennett filling in for Rob today. 
it it just it makes me laugh. That's what it does. Okay, so you guys, you heard about the major announcement coming from Trump. Oh, he didn't just say major. He said in his official Truth Social, mm-hmm. they're not tweet. I don't know Truth post truth, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said America needs a new superhero. I have a major announcement mm-hmm. coming tomorrow. And we started earlier, speculating. We were speculating. Oh gosh, what is it going to be? Is major he, announcement. Is it like it's Speaker of the House, or here, here is go, he withdrawing guys. from the presidential election? Like what is this? this is- 100% real. I, I am telling you, I'm looking at this in the flesh. It says, major announcement. This came out today. My official Donald Trump digital trading card collection is here. These <laughs> limited edition cards feature amazing art of my life and career. Oh, so they're like featuring art of his life and career, mm-hmm. which we're going to get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. They're digital trading cards. He said, very much like a baseball card, yes. but hopefully much more exciting. And then it is only $99 each. Yes. Collect all of your favorite Trump digital trading cards, and they're di- like they're not Get sending you a poster. Now. Like they're not even sending you like, oh, this is like embossed, and you can like put it on the wall if you're a Trump fan, whatever. No, uh-huh. it's just digital. <laughs> it's a digital, right? Oh gosh! And then he says it would make a great Christmas gift. Don't wait; they'll be gone, I believe, very quickly. Of course. Oh, so it's a sales pitch. Oh, it gets better. I got to describe some of these that I'm looking at. So remember, he said these are from like his life, right? Mm-hmm. So there's one where he's in a fighter pilot outfit standing on the earth Mm -hmm. uh, in front of the moon with aviators on. Uh, There's... Here's there's one where one he looks where, like a football player, yeah, right? Yeah, there's one where he looks like the like a Texas Ranger. He's like standing in front of some horses and like there's a white cowboy hat and then the white trench coat with blue cuffs and the sheriff star. There's one where he's like he's in an astronaut costume with aviators on, but he's got his shoulders up like he's getting ready to draw. It's like <laughs> this space ain't big enough for two of us. And then he has one where he is got the football paint on under the eyes. And then he's holding a football and he's got a fist up. I just... (laughs) (laughs) Collecttrumpcards.com How is this a real timeline? This... (laughs) I can't believe we are where we are. It, I don't know what's a parody <laughs> is, anymore. Is this real? This is like, this should be a Babylon B article. It should be. Like, I thought at first this has to be a joke. No, he just released digital trading cards for $100 a piece. <laughs> <laughs> they're NFTs. And there are people that still believe he's the best thing. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. It's a rare collectible. It is. And it's just, they're, they're AI, they're computer generated images. Mm-hmm. They are. Like, it's you can tell that it's. <laughs> It's the computer gen like AI is just slapping a cartoon Trump face on a Ken doll, like in like a astronaut or a horseback rider, or like the jungle explorer, and they're charging people money for it. He's not kidding when he says we need a new superhero because he says <laughs> <laughs> All, all you need is Rob's new- not on the air to laugh at this to his ever and never ending shame. Kevin, you gotta tell me, man. Are you going to go for a Trump digital NFT trading card? Instantly become um, part of I'd, the new League of Collectors. If I could get an actual physical card, That's what I'd probably I'm sa- consider it, because that I, would be a funny <laughs> gift. But it's also, you said $99? For a, digi- for, for a JPEG. You're, you're paying that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <and I, laughs> it's not worth it. Look, if it's a, all right, all right, in all seriousness, if it was a poster, mm-hmm. or if it was like an action figure, look, if you're a Trump fan, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I would not get one. But if you're going to get like a Trump poster and that's on it, I have 
have one of uh, uh, I have a poster of Ronald Reagan riding a t a riding a Velociraptor mm-hmm. carrying two Uzis. Like it's a it's a picture of that. That's a poster I had when I was in college because it was awesome. If you had like a poster like that and it's Trump, okay, yeah, I I get it. But a digital hey, trading. He says card. that you could collect them digitally on your computer or phone. You could walk uh, around with that on your phone, and I bet you can trade them. People are going to buy these, Tony. You laugh, hey. but you know what? People are going to buy them. And hey, his- girl, you want to see my Trump <laughs> NFT collection? <laughs> you want to see my Trump card? Look at my Trump NFT. They, the art actually looks kind of neat. I mean, it's well done. They are well done. Oh, boy. Collect your Trump cards. CollectTrumpCards.com. Well, limited edition. They're not yeah, going to be limited. around forever. No, unless you, <laughs> you right-click the image online and click Save As, and then you have the image for free anyway. How many is he releasing? He's, he's Limited. Limited. Li- as, as many as my 1998 Dell laptop will crank out. Do you see the one with him standing in front of all the gold bars that all say Trump on them? No. Oh, yeah. This is going to be great. I, oh, there's one of him golfing. That's the one that we need to get for Rob. Okay. Now I have a new goal in life and it is to make it is to make knockoff Trump NFTs that just put him in like real life situations but just him standing in the background. Like okay. na- the nativity, you know, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Famous baseball games. It, it's gonna be. It's gonna be huge. They have titles. They have titles. <laughs> they have titles. <laughs> Miami dinner with Donald Trump. One-on-one meeting with number forty-five. Play golf with Trump and your friends. With Trump Indivi- and your friends. <laughs> individual Zoom call with Donald. You sound like the name of Barbie sets. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh well, we're talking about him again, aren't we? Man, he never so, fails to please amaze. Please call in and send voice. I'm going to be back tomorrow with Casey. Please send in voicemails <laughs> about this. Tell me, tell us about your dream Trump <laughs> NFT. What is your dream trading card? What is he doing? We got. We have to know. CollectTrumpCards.com. Yeah, go there and look at these. Okay, before we get out of here, really quick, did you hear about the Aaron Judge? Uh, Baseball. So, you know, he set that record, 60-second home run, and uh, somebody caught the ball and then was offered $3 million for the ball. That this, Which is incredible. That, that is an this incredible... Person I mean, because judges, you know, still playing mm-hmm. you know it's not like he you know like this is coming out of the 40s 50s and 60s you know this is a very recent you know kind of a thing yeah this just happened on october 4th a fan caught the ball at the globe life field right mm-hmm. and then was offered three million dollars for it but the fan turned it down got greedy mm-hmm. and now this is up for auction again and guess what the bid is now three Trump NFTs. <laughs> 1.2 Oh, that's all it could that's all it could go. Mhm. Could have had 3 million and now trying to get 1.2. Ah, uh, just some people they're suffering from success. I can't get over. I mean, I've like I got to drink some water because laughing so hard at the Trump cards. Good stuff. Thanks Tony for coming in today. Hey, absolutely. I'll be back tomorrow to cause even more trouble and shenanigans. You did a great job. And thank you, Kevin. Good job to you, too. And thanks for listening. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.